0: Only the ineptitude of my scheduling would have us arrive at a hallmark episode fifty with no actual Don's games review, but here we are. Hello, I'm John Ellis. Welcome to episode fifty of Petodry PS, the predominantly Don's based podcast featuring not just the Don's first team, but a look across the age groups and genders at the club, and we focus on the respective progress of Cove and Peterhead too, as well as the northeast local representatives in the Highland League and juniors, and not just football, but any sport making headlines in northeast of Scotland or featuring someone from the North Northeast of Scotland, joining me for this journey as always, Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny. So here we are recording this episode on the morning of Tuesday, September twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. Recapping our look ahead to that Comanic game this coming weekend, looking back over two of Scotland's three Nation League games so far, but we are. A Dawn show. So let's start with the Dawns action. We do have, courtesy of our under-18s and women's teams, we'll go with the 18s first in uh, what's been an up and down season for them so far. Consistency eluding them, but at home, they've been formidable for the most part. And it was at home they played on Friday afternoon. Cormac Park, the venue for Aberdeen versus Hibs. They won the league at canter last season, Hibs. So
1: how did it go in this one, Andrew? Well, Hibs got beaten 4-0 and a comprehensive victory it was for Aberdeen. Superb performance in the first half. They got off to a flying start, scored in the first minute of the game. Uh, good pressing from Liam Harvey, forced a short back pass from Hibbs' Hibs defender and Alfie Bavage was in and showed great coolness to just slot the ball past the goalkeeper. And from there, Aberdeen just built and built and built in the game. As I say, thoroughly dominated that first period. Liam Harvey got the second goal. A great cross from young Brendan Hamilton, the Northern Irish left back, volleyed in by Liam Harvey. Then Harvey and Spavage again combined with the latter sticking in his second goal from close range. And at halftime, Barry Robson very, very happy with his team. Although one or two of the players were... were coming off the pitch saying to each other, come on, boys, we're taking two money touches each. We need to be quicker. We need to be um, more clinical and, and such like. So they weren't resting in their laurels at being 3-0 up. Hibs came back into it a wee bit in the second half, uh, blessing all the Yemi, made a couple of decent saves. I thought Kai Watson and Blair McKenzie at the back were excellent for Aberdeen, particularly young Kai Watson. Uh, who has played it right back, but is now slotting in in central defence and really looking the part. And they, eventually, they got their third goal. Brilliant through ball from Alfie Stewart and two sublime touches from Alfie Bavage. The first to take it past the goalkeeper, the second to knock it in with his left foot from an acute angle to complete his hat-trick. And that completed a very good evening's work for the young Dawns. And it was noticeable, though, that... We we spoke about it a lot last season, how this season we're going to be playing in a more level playing field in terms of experience and age and physicality and all, all these things um, that happen at that age group. Hibs last season, it was like playing Land of the Giants. They were all six foot two, built like you know, Brick 25, uh, built like 25-year-olds to be perfectly honest and Aberdeen struggled against them a couple of times. They did beat them down at Hibs if you remember, yep. um, but it was a much younger Hibs side this time and Aberdeen's greater experience, greater know-how, I thought, really told in that game. So uh, another very good performance at home. Now they just need to start getting a few results away from home and, you know, building a wee bit of momentum. That was their first game in quite a number of weeks. Mm. And I was very impressed that there was no sign of any rustiness. So obviously, Barry and Scott Anderson and all the rest of the backroom staff have done a great job in preparing the side, getting them ready so that when they hit the ground, they were running and they were sprinting on Friday night.
0: And who'd have thought in the year 2022 would have a couple of Alfie's (laughs) done through 18s, team? It's great, isn't it? Yeah, Uh Uh, what's next with the young Dons, Andrew?
1: They travel to Dundee on Friday to play Dundee United. So that's that's the next assignment for them. Uh, if I remember rightly, we, we pretty much shared the spoils with United last season. Mm. They had one or two decent players, but again, it's going to be interesting to see what the United side looks like compared to last season. We know that the Aberdeen side is pretty much as was last term. So they have that greater team togetherness. And I think that's often shines through.
0: Yeah, uh, element of experience as well. Uh, next, Aberdeen women who've been uh, finding it tougher in the top tier this year, most recently suffering a 2-0 defeat away to Spartans, where perhaps the, uh, the most concerning aspect was that the hosts were reduced to 10 before they scored their two goals. The experience of uh, Gavin Beath coming to the fore afterwards as he promised no panic stations but to keep on working away to try and gather the points which will get them out of trouble. That search continued at Balmoral Stadium on Sunday where home advantage was about the only one as the Dons welcomed Celtic. And I'm afraid it wasn't enough. That one ended 3-0 for the visitors. I know it's not panic stations just yet, but I still can remember the likes of Paul Haggerty, Paul Haggerty and Roy Aiken reassuring us every week as the points available withered away and panic stations eventually arrived as sure as Roy and Paul's voices departed, hoarse through screaming from the sidelines and I dare see a few pleasantries back shop in the room. They'll feel a lot better if they can just get some points on the board. Soon, won't they? And then they can start, you know, looking up the table as opposed to down it.
2: Yeah, want to end up in a situation where we were like when when Roy was manager, we all knew the three times table off by heart <laughs> because it just kept going down and down at the amount of points left to play for. I yeah. think Sunday was a, a reasonable performance, um, but you know you're right. they have got to start getting points on the on the the table, and they've got difficult games at the moment. They're um, uh, away from the. Uh, uh, league action this weekend, but another another tough one. So, yeah, they're just going to keep plugging away. I mean, they're still seeing all the right things, that results will come. It's a very young squad. And, uh, you know, the main thing is just making sure they consolidate in that top flight. Hmm. But it's, it's
0: it's almost the polar opposite of the 18s who've retained that score they've lost a lot of their personnel from last year AFC Women's uh, next match as you say Sunday uh, a break from league action when they face Glasgow City at Peters Hill Park a 4.30 kick-off for that one in the SWPL Cup bit of a free hit Dave I mean, maybe take the pressure off a little just go out and play no expectations
2: yeah I mean they're, um, they're very much the underdogs on Sunday uh, particularly playing down in the west, west of Scotland so yeah I, could be seen as a free hit and hopefully they'll, they'll pay, play without any pressure on their shoulders and, you know, enjoy themselves and yeah. hopefully get a decent result. OK, uh, before we get on to the rest of it, let's take a quick
0: look back at the scholar matches so far in the uh, the trio of uh, games scheduled. Ireland sandwiched by Ukraine, home and away. Uh, as we record this, two of those games played. Uh, the Ukraine game at Hamden, which of course we won 3-0 eventually, and the, the Ireland match which ended 2-1. Um, Still to come, the second of those fixtures against Ukraine this evening, which is listed as a home tie for them, but it's actually been played in Poland for safety reasons. What have you made of the the performances so far, Andrew? And what do you think for this evening's match as well?
1: I think the performances so far, the one against Ukraine at Hamden, second half in particular, I thought, absolutely outstanding. One of the most enjoyable Scotland-watching experiences I've had in many a long year. Um, I thought they were absolutely superb. And that was against a decent Uh, Ukraine side and okay a lot of people are saying why could we not have done it back in June when World Cup qualification was on the line but uh, I think you can see the difference playing during the season as opposed to that at the end of a very long hard season and uh, John McGinn once again leading by example Uh, And Lyndon Dykes, I mean, what an introduction from the bench and and we, Ryan Fraser as well, two absolutely identical goals. In fact, I was speaking to somebody uh, during the week and they said they'd been watching the highlights and they saw the second Dykes goal and said, why are they showing the replay of that first goal again? (laughs) Um, Because it it was so close to being totally similar in Mm. execution. But um, no, Scotland, very, very good. I knew it was going to be a hard game against Ireland because it's a much more British-type game, and that's exactly the way it proved to be. But it says a lot for Scotland that they didn't play well um, for long periods in that game, but they still ground out a victory, and that, that's so important at international level. Mm. And they, you know, if we can win tonight, now unfortunately we don't have any clue whatsoever as to what the team's going to look like. There are players out. We know Scott McKenna's out. Scott McTominay's out. Kieran Tierney's out. There are doubts over various players because of an illness bug that's been going through the camp. But um, I think there's enough in there in depth that we can get the point that we need to finish top of the table Um, I just hope that they don't go out trying to play yeah. for a, a single point, I think that would be the wrong way to go about it and I don't think they will do to be perfectly honest, I think they've got the bit between their teeth now and when Scotland play at pace going forward they are an absolute joy to watch, mm-hmm. I mean I can remember, year, well People were talking about it's how many years, Dave, since we beat Czechoslovakia as was uh, to qualify. 70, Seventy-four. it would have been 1973. So uh, yeah, It was almost 50 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Almost 50 years ago. That was a great Scotland side. This has got the makings of being a very good Scotland side. And the good thing is there's nobody in there that you're thinking he's in his last legs internationally. John McGinn just got his 50th cap. He's hitting the prime of his career. Injuries and form staying as they are, you know, no injuries, form very good. He's got every chance of winning a 100 caps for Scotland and he's got a phenomenal scoring record for a midfielder. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think the sky's the limit for this side and uh, I just hope that they can get that necessary point, get promotion uh, to uh, the A section of the League, league of Nations and, you know... Wave bye-bye to England as they are relegated. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: yeah, never one uh, to not stick the knife in, Andrew. Um, your, your thoughts on the performances, Dave, And also, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I get a bit jittery. See, when we're looking for one point and it's, you know, we can just get it over the line, I, I far prefer if we go out and we look for
2: all three. But your thoughts on the performances so far? Yeah, I mean, or just endorsed what Andrew said. I thought uh, second half. I mean, I, I think the fans play at Hamden played such a, a great part as well. They really got behind the, the side. In the second half, we were immense mm-hmm. uh, in the, the game against Ukraine. Ireland, you know, we, we, we fought, showed plenty of character. The substitutions, you can argue, that bringing on Dykes and Fraser turned the game because it did, and they, you know, great, Deliveries from from Ryan for both goals. Um, uh, so, as far as the game tonight going, you know, it, it is a lot of players to try and they do without. Depending on what to, we could be, anything up to about you know half a dozen at mm. least missing. Um, and if there is a sickness bug going around, then you don't know how the guys are saying, "Right, I'm okay to play." How okay they are, they really are. So it's going to be very difficult. Smokes
0: like a schoolboy when Andrew there's said there's a a bug going through the players I thought I'll bet it, I'll bet it is yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: so um, but uh, I think I think this Scotland side does have a bit of something that previous squads didn't have so agreed yeah I, I think we might I, I don't think we'll win hope we do tonight and I think we'll be obviously trying to win I don't think we'll be too defensive but uh, you want to shut up shop first and foremost. So well before before you of... before you say a score then, Dave, Absolutely.
0: um uh well let's let's do a brief predictor on that one. Ukraine versus Scotland or you go first in this one.
1: I tend to agree with Dave that it will be a draw. And if new father Craig Gordon is the Craig Gordon that we've seen for about the last two years,
2: it'll be nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> and Dave? Yeah, that's what I was going to say, but just to be different, I'll I'll go for Mm. 1-1, but say a battling 1-1, which will be enough. Okay. And then, of course, after the
0: international break, the players return to their clubs. Uh, And although we don't have the senior Scotland team to look to for our talent, the the net's actually spread wider with Albania, North Macedonia, Cape Verde and Ireland, all to send players home to us uh, where they'll be assessed and then hopefully they'll be ready to go again on Saturday for the visit of Kilmarnock. with the exception of Liam Scales, who's banned, uh, alongside Leighton Clarkson for this one, we spoke last week of our desire to uh, solve the absence of Liam Scales without removing the, the sort of potency of Ross McCrory from midfield, if we could possibly avoid it. Uh, if you want to hear that discussion, we'll check out episode forty-nine. Let's just briefly recap though what we thought for the scoreline uh, in this week's upcoming match versus Derek McInnes'
1: Kilmarnock side, Dave.
2: One Aberdeen, I said. And Andrew. Did you? <laughs> I think
1: I said two one with Ash Taylor getting the, the consolation, but an an arrow victory for Aberdeen, yeah, an okay. arrow victory.
0: All right, Ash Taylor in amongst <laughs> it, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Maybe I went for. I think, did you go 1-0? One of
2: you said 1-0, one
0: of you said 2-1. John went 2-0. John went 2 Yeah, I, I, yeah yes. I, was, I was obviously drinking at the time. Uh, <laughs> in, into the uh, into the championship <laughs> and Cove Rangers will take confidence from a battling 2-2 draw uh, against new leaders Partick Thistle last week with the rarest of things, a double from Mark Reynolds, his first ever, and let's be honest, most likely his last. Cove took that confidence into their SPFL Trust trophy match against Wraith Rovers on Saturday. Back home at Montmoral, but in a tight encounter they were edged out 1-0 in the competition they performed so well in last season. Ashamed shame they had that just gone the other way. I suspect Cove might finally have got that sort of we head of steam going at a good time because next week they host our bros.
2: I think so. it was quite uh, pertinent that uh, Jim McIntyre in his pre-match before the game was making the point that the league and staying in the Championship was very much the priority. And I think the, t- the team... Reflected that to an extent, um, and it it was a close close game. Cove just didn't take those chances, um, but yeah, after getting to the semi-finals of the competition last year, it's disappointing to, to bow out uh, so early. But uh, I'm I'm still hoping that the the result bit of a head of steam after the 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 point at Firhill, a point that seemed like a winner as we said last week.
0: Okay, well, fingers crossed on that one. For Peter Head, the hope of building some momentum of their own after a battling and possibly vital 2-1 victory over Kelty Hearts. uh, Last Saturday, before this one, the two were in cup action when they welcomed Elgin City to Balmour. That one, though, ending in a resounding 4-0 to the visitors. No points at stake, Andrew, but another opportunity lost, even just to get a couple of wins back-to-back or a little cup run instead.
1: This must be hugely demoralising. It's this old lack of consistency that seems to dog Peter heads. Um I know that Tom Ritchie wasn't able to play in goal for them because he'd been cup-tied playing for Aberdeen against Brewer Rangers earlier, but that surely wasn't the only contributory factor to getting beaten 4-0 by an Elgin City side who score lots of goals but concede lots of goals as well and who've had a bit of an up-and-down season in League Two. Um I'm sure Jim McAnally must have been looking at that game and saying, just what you said, here's our chance to get build a little bit of momentum instead of which it was one step forward against Kelty and almost two steps back against Elgin City because 4-0 at home is not a good look at all. And, you know, it's, it's picking the side up once again that's going to be the, the problem. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, because, you know... They must have gone into that game on a bit of a high, having scored two great goals, beating Kelty Hearts, getting their first victory, having a feel-good factor about the place, and then all of a sudden, bang, the balloon has burst completely. And uh, and it's a tough fixture coming up this weekend.
0: Yeah, they have to pick themselves up for a clash away to league leaders Dunfermline Athletic. Uh, for the Highland teams this weekend, in the SPFL Trust Trophy, Breaking City travel to the Highlands to meet Inverness Callie Thistle uh, well Bucky Thistle hosted Linfield Andrew you were saying you were going to that one didn't
1: you? How, how was I it? did and I did go to it and a thoroughly enjoyable game of football it was too uh, Linfield eventually running out 2-1 winners uh, but huge credit to Bucky Thistle who pushed them all the way uh, Linfield are a full time side mm. and were playing Champions League qualifiers and were uh, a penalty shootout away from qualifying for the group stages of the Europa Conference League this season so that tells you the, the the gulf in between the two sides in, in terms of where they've been this season. You know, Bucky have been playing Aberdeenshire Shield, Highland League. They're playing European Champions League qualifiers. Yeah. Um, I went there primarily uh, to see Sam Roscoe, ex-Aberdeen Reserve centre-half, who now plays for Linfield. Sam played well, um, and when I spoke to him after the game, he said, you know, Nothing changes here at Bucky, does it? It's a terrible pitch to play on. It's cold, <laughs> it's breezy. Um but I said the the difference is this time, Sam, you've come away with a win. You've come <laughs> up here a few times with Aberdeen Reserves and got beat. Um but um but no, it was it was a tough game. First half, quite even Stevens. Um Linfield had a man sent off, um, a guy Shields. I can't remember his first name um, for elbowing Max Barry in the back of the head. Um, and then you thought that maybe levels things up a little bit, you know, 10 v 11. The full time aspect of Linfield's fitness maybe sort of cancelled out a little bit by being a man down. And it looked that way early in the second half when Marcus Goodall scored a, a very good opportunist goal for, for Bucky. Um, and for 20 minutes, they held their own. But then Linfield took over. A couple of good goals. Free kick from uh, Joel Cooper, uh, who then set up Niall Quinn. Not that same Niall Quinn that used to play for Sunderland, uh, by the way. Um, But Niall Quinn, who got the winner And really, it was relatively comfortable for Linfield for the last 15 minutes of the game as they saw it out. Although Marcus Goodall had a header come back off the post. Um, But uh, a really good game of football. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, best of luck to Linfield as they go forward in the SPFL Trust Trophy. Uh, On make
0: duty, the pick of the bunch, probably phraseable at home to Brona Rangers, Magsdy against Forest Mechanics. The full card to end like this. First of all, in that SPFL Trust Trophy, Inverness Caledonian Thistle 3, Breakin' City 3, with Inverness winning on penalties. What a game that must have been! Uh, Bucky Thistle 1, Limfield 2, you've heard about, it. and in the Highland League, Clach, 1 for Martin 3. Fraserborough 2, Browder Rangers 2. Lossiemouth 1, Huntley 4. Strathspey Thistle 2, Ivory Locos 2. Tarif United 5, Devon Vale 1. Wick Academy 1, Rothis 1. And Banks of the two, Forest Mechanics nil. And for the league table, that means Bricken remain top even though they were in cup action. Brora uh, and for Martin United in third. Uh, in the juniors, Dave.
2: Well, it was Scottish Junior Cup second round action, as you know, at the weekend. So let's focus on the positives. Uh, finished East End two, Sunnybank, two, uh, that was at Heathery Fold. Uh, and they uh, East End came through 6-5 in penalty kicks, and they now play Newmarket United, who defeated Leicland by two goals to nil. Ellen United are also through, they drew 1-1 with Bathgate Thistle at the Meadows, and won 3-1 in penalties, and their reward is a trip to East Craigie. And also through Stonehaven, who defeated Cooter 6-5 in penalty kicks at Glenury Park after the ending 1-1 at 90 minutes, and Stonehaven's reward is the visit of St. Rochs in the third round and 29th of this month. Oh, sorry, next month. Hey, Stonywood Parkville, a uh, bit of a strange one. Their, their game against Bells Hill was abandoned in the second half with Athletic leading 2-1 because of a, a suspected broken leg to a Stonywood player who... They couldn't move them off the pitch and they waited 90 minutes for an ambulance oh at which time the referee had no choice but to abandon the game so that one will be replayed on the eighth of October as well this weekend the oh sorry the Premier League games for uh, the weekend Colony Park one near something three Dufftown one dice one Maud mill Bridget on thistle six and then the championship Fa United and banks D are through are up on 18 points at the top level with Sunnybank. Broch winning 3-1 at Aberdeen Uni and Banks City winning 5-2 at Devonside. Main focus this weekend is on the Grill League Cup final on Sunday, which I'll go along to, between Cooter and East End. It's at 2pm at Lochside Park on Sunday afternoon. And that is pretty much
0: it for episode fifty of Pitoldry PS. We aim to publish every week on a Tuesday if we can. Always looking back to the Dawn's previous fixtures and ahead to the next. Please remember to follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. And you could rate and review us, tell us what you think of the show as well. We'd be very grateful. Thanks for checking out Pitoldry PS. We'll see you next time.